Hello, listeners. Welcome to another show on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Rasa, where we talk about everything and anything about abuse and mental health. I'm your host, Grace Opa. I hope everyone has been wrapping warmly. It's been very cold. And I hope you've had a lovely week so far. Today's topic is a very vital topic, which has been making headline news. I'm going to be talking about consent. Consent is an issue that has been pushed to the fore of public discussion over the past few years. Not only in the USA, United Kingdom or Europe, but around the world. This has been exacerbated by numerous reports of high profile incidents of sexual assaults, rape, and the development of the hashtag MeToo movement. It is urgently clear we need more education and conversations about consent. Celebrities like Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell and Associates may have rekindled the conversation about consent. One in three women and one in six men in the USA experience sexual violence in their lifetime. There are conflicting understandings of consent and what constitutes rape or sexual assault. We'll all have to be on the same page as relates to consent. How do you have conversations with your children about consent? Parents can be uncomfortable and find this topic overwhelming. That shouldn't be the case because children who understand the importance of consent feel empowered to confidently make decisions about their bodies. Some parents find consent can be uncomfortable and overwhelming. That shouldn't be the case because children who understand the importance of consent feel empowered to confidently make decisions about their bodies. Children know the importance of setting and respecting boundaries. They feel comfortable talking to trusted adults about these vital topics. Teaching children respect for their own and others' bodies helps empower them and minimizes their chances of becoming victims. What exactly is consent? Consent means giving someone a choice about touch or actions and respecting their answers. It is also agreement or permission expressed through affirmative voluntary words or actions that are mutually understandable to all parties involved to engage in a specific sexual act at a specific time. Acquiescence, 
consent can be withdrawn at any time as long as it is clearly communicated. With children, we often use the words asking for permission. At this childhood stage, you want to lay the foundation for setting boundaries and limits on when and how their bodies are touched and by whom. Here is how you can include consent into everyday discourse with your child. Ways to ask your child for consent. Do you want a hug goodbye today? We could also wave a high five. Can I tell your teacher that your grandma died? Ways to model consent as relates to children. These are, for example, statements like, do you need a break from tickling? Or are tickles still okay with you? Can I help you put your shoes on? It's okay if you don't want a good night hug. Ways to teach a child to ask for consent with other children. Do you want to hold hands when we walk to lunch hall? Do you want to play with the red or the blue van? Can I sit next to you on the bus? Teach your child about this. Your body belongs to you. You decide what happens to your body. No one should touch you without your permission. Telling someone not to touch you is not rude. Consent means always choosing to respect others' boundaries. Respecting someone's boundaries shows that you care about them. Parents should guide children through stressful situations. For example, your child is sad that their friend didn't want to sit next to them on the school bus. Encourage children to accept a no answer, but understand the sad or upset feelings that might come along with hearing no and help them to deal with those hard feelings in a positive way. You can say something along the lines of, I am proud of you for respecting your friend's answer and choosing another seat. That shows you care about your friend. I understand you feel sad. It can be hard to hear a friend on someone we love say no to us. What will make you feel better? Another scenario can be an example of this. You are watching TV and there's inappropriate or uncomfortable content. For example, content about violence, bullying, substance abuse or sexual abuse. When this happens, it's a great time to either pause the show or talk to your child afterwards about what you just saw. You can start a conversation along the lines of, if you were in that situation, what would you do or what would you say? 
I hope you know that you could always talk to me if that ever happens to you or if you have any questions about a situation like that. As a parent, it's all right if you don't have all the answers. If you're not sure about something, let the child know that you will get back to them. Take time to research and talk to other people. It is our responsibility as adults to keep children safe. This means we need to be thoughtful about who they spend time with. We also need to educate our family, friends, teachers, neighbors about our expectations around boundaries and consent. Explain to family members you want to teach children about body autonomy. So if a child doesn't want to sit on grandpa's laps or give a kiss or hug, then it's up to grandpa to respect these boundaries and he can offer an alternative like a high five. Consent for teenagers and adults should be considered reversible, informed, specific and participatory. It is important to provide right-based education on a range of issues such as sexual rights, consent, and the right to have sex only when you are ready, information on healthy relationships and boundaries is crucial for young people and adults of all ages. This is not only to help recognize and prevent abuse, but to strive for positive and pleasurable experiences. We know that sexual harassment and sexual violence are common occurrences all over the world and can have a serious impact on health and well-being. It is estimated that about one in three women worldwide experiences physical or sexual violence. Worldwide, up to 50% of sexual assaults are committed against girls under 16 years old. 30% of women reported that their first sexual experience was forced. An estimated 246 million girls and boys experience school-related violence every year. Women who have been physically or sexually abused by their partners are more than twice likely to have an abortion, almost twice as likely to experience depression, and in some regions, 1.5 times more likely to contact HIV. Education about consent is necessary for building healthy and respectful relationships, good sexual health, and protecting potentially vulnerable people from harm. Teaching young people to acknowledge and respect other people's personal boundaries can help create a society where no one feels ashamed to willingly engage in or to reject sexual activity. Good quality education on consent should strive to support young people to have safe, pleasurable and satisfying experiences. If young people are only taught how to say no to sexual experiences, they are unlikely to understand the nuances of consent and communication when they do become sexually active and they are unlikely to have the sexual literacy or confidence 
to seek experiences which are desirable. General concepts such as trust, respect, safety, and communication can be adapted for younger people and more concretely tied to an understanding of sexual consent for older students or people. Those who have learned about consent and boundaries will be better able to recognize abuse and to protect themselves and others from abuse and unhealthy relationships as they get older. Working with young people who have special educational needs. Some students with special educational needs, SEN, may have difficulty with abstract thinking, including thinking about the consequences of their behavior and may have trouble understanding the boundaries between private and public with respect to behavior or their own bodies. When teaching students with special educational needs about sexual health, it is important to teach the information in a variety of ways and to provide ample opportunity for information to be repeated and for skills such as refusal skills to be practiced and reinforced. Imagine Action has produced a sex and relationships education course for learners with additional needs or special educational needs, which contains activities about relationships and consent. You can go to their website, www.imageinaction.org. Key things for consideration when working with any age group. Carry out a needs assessment before starting the consent program or talk and assess young people's knowledge and understanding of consent issues so that the lessons can be tailored to them. Involve young people as much as possible in the planning and evaluation of your lessons or sessions. Ensure that lessons adhere with relevant policies and procedures for the environment you're working in and that you have support and buy-in from parents, education authorities, and community leaders as appropriate. Create a safe space by creating shared ground rules and by providing information about support and local services before and after the lesson. All people have the right to give or withdraw sexual consent. All people have the responsibility to respect their partner's rights to give or withhold such consent. As young people mature, their capacity to give meaningful consent evolves. At any moment, you are entitled to change your mind about what feels acceptable or to speak up if you believe you are not being fully understood and respected. You can say no to a sexual experience even after it has started. Have a sufficient sense of power and control over your own life to be able to communicate and implement your decision. Have a clear mind, not impaired by alcohol or drugs at the time of decision making. Have accurate information about your partner's current sexual health status. 
including about any previous sexual exposure or drug use that could present a risk to you. At best, you can avoid situations where you are likely to experience pressure to have unwanted sex for material or financial reasons. When working with parents and carers of young people, it is to get them involved and informed. You can do this by workshops. This is to ensure intergenerational understanding and dialogue about consent. Some parents might be concerned why such a topic should be addressed. These tips help for talking to parents and carers. Let them understand the rationale for talking to children, teenagers, young adults about consent and healthy boundaries. It may be useful to provide local statistics and information about sexual harassment and abuse, or even quotes from students on their concerns and confusion regarding this topic. Good quality sexual education should involve young people in its design, delivery, and evaluation. Ensure parents and carers can see that young people's own needs and ideas have shaped their lessons or program and that the content will be relevant and appropriate to their age or age group. Explain that lessons for younger adolescents will not be about sexual consent, but about safety and understanding personal space and boundaries. This is vital for recognizing and reporting abuse. Talk with parents and carers about what the law says about sexual consent and young people. They may not know what rights and responsibilities their children have when it comes to relationships, sexual activities, pornography, consumption and sharing images. Encourage parents and carers to have a look at the information and activities from its curriculum so that they are familiar with what will be shared with young people and how it links to other parts of their education. The issue of consent is very important as can be seen in the unraveling case of the late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, Giseline Maxwell and their associates. Most of the young victims had no consensual sex as they were coerced into having sex with the people they had sex with. Consent with adults. Section 74, Sexual Offences Act 2003, UK law states, someone consents to vaginal, anal or oral penetration only if he or she agrees by choice to that penetration and has the freedom and capacity to make that choice. Consent to sexual activity may be given to one sort of sexual activity, but not another. For example, to vaginal, but not anal sex or penetration with conditions such as wearing a condom. Consent can be withdrawn at any time during sexual activity and each time activity occurs. In investigating a suspect, 
it must be established what steps, if any, the suspect took to obtain the complainant's or the victim's consent. And the prosecution must prove that the suspect did not have a reasonable belief that the victim was consenting. There's a big difference between consensual sex and rape. Victims of rape are often selected and targeted by offenders because of ease of access and opportunity. For example, current partners, family, friends, neighbors, someone who's vulnerable through mental health, learning of physical difficulties, someone who sells sex, someone who is isolated or in an institution, has poor communication skills, is young in a current or past relationship with the offender, or is compromised through drink or substance abuse. This list is not exhaustive. Victims may be chosen for grooming because of their vulnerabilities. The offender may hope that these vulnerabilities will limit belief in the complainant by authority and a court. Freedom to consent includes whether a person had the freedom to consent, for example, in situations such as domestic violence, where a partner or family member may use force or power to remove a person's freedom to consent. The person was dependent on the suspect for care or financially. Was the person old enough to consent? Were the suspect or offender in a position of power where they could abuse their trust, especially because of their position or status? For example, a family member, teacher, religious leader, employer, gang member, carer, doctor, money bag. See, addressing stereotypes, the form of dress a person wears does not mean they should expect to be raped. Late reporting may be due to inability to cope with the trauma of the incident, fear of repercussions, maturity with age, recognizing the abuse, control of the person or victim, and fear of going to court. Trauma can affect memory and create inconsistency. Majority of rape cases are where the offender and victims know each other. Being intoxicated makes the victim vulnerable. It does not mean they are asking for it. In cases of adult survivors of child abuse, the victim may regress and behave or speak as a child. Most victims do not fight. Resistance and self-protection or defense can be through dissociation, freezing or fawning that he's trying to befriend the offender. In fact, any effort to prevent, stop or limit the event, it does not have to succeed to be an effort. Does consent mean yes? 
Consent means you both are ready and willing to share that moment and that both of you have control over what that moment will be like. In other words, you both have to say yes and continue to say yes as the interactions continue. This is what healthy intimacy is all about. Examples of verbal consent are yes, that sounds great. I'd like to. Would you please? It feels good when you do that. This feels awesome. I want to keep doing this. If coercion, intimidation, threats, and or physical force are used, there is no consent. If anyone involved is not consenting, then what is happening is an abuse, a sexual assault, or could be rape. Red flags are being pressured or guilt-tripped into doing things you may not want to do. You need to give consent and get consent before doing anything, be it sex, touching, kissing, hugging, or anything else. In terms of romantic or sexual kissing, the only person who can give you permission is your wife. You have to ask her. Doing it without permission is termed cheating. The Unicode for a kiss is capital U plus one, capital F, four, eight, capital F. U plus one F, four, eight F. Sexual activity with a person under the age of 16 is an offense in the UK. Silence is not consent. Never assume you have consent. You should clarify by accent. I hope you've gained a lot on this topic. This has been Grace Offer for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Rasa. You can get in touch via our social media handles or email about this topic via email address risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Thank you and bye for now. See you on our next episode. Take care. <laughs>